Hello, I'm Rick McCutcheon, a Microsoft Business Applications MVP, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Digital Adoption Talks. Today, there are over 300,000, that's correct, 300,000 business professionals with digital adoption in their job titles on LinkedIn. On this show, along with my co-host, Joachim Schirmacher, CEO of ClickLearn, we talk to some of the leading digital adoption experts in the Microsoft ecosystem, and we've got an expert today. This week, we are thrilled to talk to uh, another business applications MVP and Power Platform star, Kylie Kaiser. Kylie, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Okay, so let's just sort of kick this off and we'll introduce ourselves and tell us a little bit about your background. We'll start with you, Joachim. Yeah, I'm I'm the uh, CEO of ClickLearn. So we are a single uh, single software company. We develop a uh, a solution for uh, creating user adoption inside uh, the entire Dynamics Suite, and we are um, on a on a daily basis service serving customers and uh, ISVs around the world in in creating better user experiences for for their end clients. Okay, thank you. And Kylie, we are you know privilege to have you here because you know even when you're not on a digital adoption show that's what you do you run user groups you mentor people you speak at conferences and even when i meet up with you outside of the show you're talking digital adoption so tell us a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do for sure yeah so i'm kylie kaiser as rick said i'm a business applications mvp and i work as a solution architect at hitachi solutions which basically means, you know, I'm working with clients day in, day out and teaching them how to use the tool and delivering the best tools and solutions for them. Um, and part of that role does include doing training and guiding them in their training plan for their users. And I've been working with Dynamics for, uh, I guess, since it was CRM, right? So 10, 12 years now and been involved with the Power Platform since those tools started launching. Um, and I've also most of that time been running the Washington DC user group, formerly focused just on Dynamics 365, now kind of on Dynamics and the Power Platform. And right now we're meeting monthly, so constantly just bringing new content and uh, discussion opportunities to our community. So it's great to be here today to talk more about that. And you know, Kylie, we should talk a little bit about your background and your rise to become an MVP because you were just, uh, I'm just, just a user, but you were an administrator a of a person. CRM system at one point. Yeah, true. So when I, when I first started, I kind of fell into working with CRM like so many people do and knew nothing about it and started on a team um, as just kind of a project manager assistant or something like that. And um, use that time to learn a lot about workflows, especially because that's what was important in automation at the time. And I learned a lot about administration of the system. And that's what brought me to my next role where I was uh, an admin with a financial services company for many years. And I worked with them and um, became kind of their product owner and was working closely with our consultants and working closely with uh, the team and the business to deliver functionality to them. And um, that team, we also were doing a lot. Uh, we did a migration from 2011 to 2016, which was a big deal at the time. And kind of that's important for this conversation because it was a big 
uh, a big training opportunity, right? Because we had all of our hundreds of users that all needed to be trained on the new functionality and they needed to be happy about it. And so, you know, all of those topics kind of fit into what we're doing here. Um, and then in my more recent role right before Hitachi, also kind of doing a product uh, owner role for the CRM system and working with different groups with throughout the business. Uh, but why that's especially important for this conversation is that's how I met the lovely folks from ClickLearn and started working with their tools. So part of my role there was kind of leading the rollout of ClickLearn to our business and setting up the learning portal and working with our team to start iteratively, iteratively delivering training content to our users. So yeah, great okay. question. <laughs> Fantastic. So I'm going to actually start our next question with you as well. So as an MVP, how important is digital adoption and leveraging the right learning platforms um, to your clients and the people you mentor? Yeah, I think um, training and learning is just so important and it's so difficult, right? Because it's the hardest part of any new system is getting people to actually use it. And what's the point of doing all this work and delivering these systems if nobody's going to use it, right? And so we need to make sure that they have the tools to use the system and um, continually be getting better and enjoying their what they're doing, right? And I think we also need, um, we just need to make sure that users know what they need to, to be able to do their jobs effectively. And we need to find ways to continually enforce this training. So I think there's a lot of different ways that we can do that, right? Whether it's through a lunch and learn or tips and tricks or kind of some kind of embedded training, but we just need to find a way to make it really easy to access and quick and relevant materials, right, for users. And I think we even see this uh, not just when you're training a specific group of users at a client organization, but even out in, in the world, right, as I'm creating YouTube content or things like that, is it's really important to make sure things are easy to find, make sure they're small to digestible bits so that people can quickly get the information they need and get back to productivity. Um, I think also, Something I think we'll talk about a little bit further later is also learning styles and things like that is we really need to figure out how to take advantage of people learning differently or wanting to consume content differently um, because they want to see things in multiple ways and be able to get that information, which makes it harder on us needing to deliver that training. But I think it's really important to make sure they can effectively consume it. And then of course we add in the additional complexity that our, our platforms and our tools continue to change every day and we need flexible learning and flexible training to help people actually um, still be able to use the training if changes happen or be able to update or for us to be able to update the training that we're delivering quickly as those changes happen. Um, so. I guess the short answer is digital adoption is super important and it's very important to find great tools uh, that are flexible for delivering this um, because it's like our most, the most important thing of what we do, right? Perfect. Uh, Joachim, what would you like to add to that? Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to hear that, that the idea around uh, learning styles, because some consider it sort of an urban myth within the learning, but I think that most of those studies are actually concentrated on, on uh, preschoolers or, 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 or the school generation. But I think that what we are covering now in terms of technology is that 
we have a, a relatively large divergence inside the uh, the job market in terms of age and 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 especially in terms of your skill set inside IT. And in order to cater for all of those, I really think that the idea of learning styles comes into play. The idea that that uh, that there are different, at least different learn paces, and that a single form of learning, uh, be it uh, inside the system in a sort of a, a speech bubble uh, style, might not apply as the right tool of trade for for every single uh, learning purpose. I think it has to do with the the uh, the age difference that we see on the job market, and and and. I think it's really interesting that, that this is coming into play again. Okay, great. So the next question we have, Kylie, um, when we start to look at what's happened over the last couple of years, right? You know, we could tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, how do you do this? All of a sudden, we're distributed <laughs> into our own homes, and we're kind of on our own. And I think we've seen a lot of uh, effects in the way that people learn and their learning style. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, working in seclusion. And also, you know, you're doing a lot of work with um, Power Apps, uh, along with first party apps. So talk a little bit about, you know, some of the, the things that you're seeing with uh, digital adoption in those areas. Sure, sure. So yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head as we, uh, as you're talking about the struggles that we're having now, because it's so it's so difficult for to train people virtually i think um because even so pre pre working from home everything the golden standard was if you wanted to do good training you had to get people in a room and get them focused and so now we need to find ways uh, we can't do a full day training class like you used to right you can but you're going to lose attention right and you need to find ways to keep bringing people in and finding ways to keep that training engaging. Um, and also I think part of this involves finding ways to build community uh, around your training as well, right? Whether that's um, at community outside of your organization, you know, through Twitter or whatever, through our chapter, or if that's internal. Um, but I think that's so difficult to, to make sure people feel comfortable asking for help and asking for finding the training and things like that. Um, and I think as we talk about learning styles, you know, as that came up, we're, it's so, I think what's important and um, Joachim, you hit the, you also brought up a great point. Like a lot of people think learning styles don't exist. And Heidi Newhauser did a great presentation for my chapter um, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, where she brought up that exact point. Like a lot of people say they don't exist, but really this, study shows not that people have a specific learning style, but that people need to experience content in multiple ways, right? Yeah. So they need some of that hands-on, they need some of the talking, they need some, uh, you know, other, other avenues. And so it's really, it's hard to do that virtually too. Um, and so I think that's a struggle is just finding ways to to draw people in and and embrace all of those things because it's so easy you know rick and i both do webinars and things like that it's so easy to get up here and just talk to people but then we're missing um, so many different ways that we need to help people engage with that content to really learn the material and um, i think it's also it's going to be uh, so i think that's why it's important to look at some of these different embedded training um, opportunities, right? Anything that can be interactive, that it's right there, that they can get to it quickly, and then they can choose how they want to 
um, engage with that content, like having videos versus having things that they can read. I think that's really important. Um, and so I think we just need to, I, I think it's good being remote. I think it causes us to not just say, oh, well, if we have in-person training, that will be enough, right? We have to embrace and look at those other options because, because we need to, right? And then I think it's actually going to help our adoption more because we're using all of these different things. Um, but I think you also were asking about power apps and first party apps and how training is different for all of those and kind of well, what's happening you know, just, there. Well, just on that, you know, I can go yeah. online and see how to use the sales module. There's lots mm -hmm. of training out there, but you know, I've got some citizen developer building something and all of a sudden yeah. it shows up on my desktop. You know, <laughs> it might be easy to build, but how do we get people to absorb that technology? Right. Yeah, and I think there are so many, there's so many little questions in your big question, right? Because we're also in, in your kind of example, we're not just talking about user adoption, we're also talking about governance, right? And making sure that our makers know what they're doing and they're not getting bad information um, and making sure we're empowering them to deliver good apps in a safe way to the organization, right? And so I think a lot of this comes back to the kind of center of excellence idea, right? Is setting up a place for people within our organization who are interested in delivering apps and providing feedback, giving them a safe place to have those conversations and talk about things and learn how to deliver, how to deliver those apps, right? Like our training needs to include that maker training, like how do you create an app? How do you work with Dataverse and things like that. And I think that's scary for a lot of us coming from an IT background, right? You're like, I don't want my regular people to be able to create these apps and do things. But I think we're kind of at that point in our world now that we need to give them that power and we need to know how can we uh, do it effectively and safely, right? Uh, because we can't train on apps if we don't know they exist, right? So if we have this center of excellence and we're working together as they're delivering these apps, then we can figure out what we need training on and who to train it on and making sure the right people have access to these apps. So they're not just showing up on your list unannounced, right? <laughs> like you said. Okay, thank you. Uh, Jochen, yeah. would you like to add anything to what uh, Kylie was saying? I, I know I think that these uh, no code, uh, low code, uh, I wouldn't want to be on the back end of that uh, right now, because as you said, I, there's a configuration management theme and probably a change management theme as well that, that, that we probably haven't seen all the solutions to. But one of the things that's really interesting is that instead of having like 178 apps, which is, you know, uh, by any means, a very large number of applications to serve inside an organization on average. Now you're now with power apps coming into the picture and us enabling uh, essentially normal business people to be able to create create applications. That scope is going to grow tremendously, and and that obviously also pushes the idea that that you know uh, vendor based training at some point is going to lose its complete uh, completely anything uh, uh, you know any reason to have that. Because the scope outside is is going to be completely uh, built up by small composable Lego bricks, and the bricks are getting smaller, and they are in increasing in quantity. So I think that that the training perspective from the client side really pushes towards you need to get this done inside your own organization because 
you're really becoming very unique in your IT landscape. You don't look like anyone else anymore. Uh, so I think that for me as, uh, you know, on the user adoption side, I'm, I'm very happy about the trend. But I think that if I were on the other side of the table, on the IT side, probably not so much. Okay, thank you. So, Kylie, we want to thank you for joining us today uh, on this show. And any closing thoughts? And also, where can people follow you? I hear you have a, a huge following on some social media platforms. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, good luck to all of our watchers on their training and adoption journey. Um, yeah, I'd love for you guys to check out my blog. It's at KylieKaiser.com, or you can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube. And I'd love you guys to come out to my chapter meeting. So we're the Washington, D.C. Power Platform user group. And you can find that link on my blog or on any of my social media. But I'd love you guys to come out. We meet monthly, and it, we're meeting virtually, so people can come from all over the world. Yeah. Okay, Thanks thank for you, having Kylie. Me. You're welcome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to – normally I spend the last two minutes in trying to promote my own product, but today I'm just going to do something different. I'm just going to ask everyone to go in and follow Kylie's uh, initiative on the Power Platform. I think, uh, you know, you're moving really fast ahead on, on, uh, on the Power uh, Platform. I think there's some really interesting stuff going on. So if you follow Kaiser, uh, Kylie Kaiser's uh, blog on this, I think you're in good shape to to start, you know, seeing the perspective of what can these low-code, no-code platforms do for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks.